So understanding those different states and what rules and laws are more favorable to the aging, I think is important as well. Like, where are you going to retire? You know, will your 401k, your retirement and social security really give you everything you need? And once your 401k and retirement's gone, then what do you have in place? You know, is it just social security? Will you be able to live the life that you want to? Welcome to Black Addict, the next adventure with Gail and Tia. I'm Tia Price. And I'm Gail Brown. And we're so happy to be with you here today. Gail, I wanted to take this opportunity to RSVB to your mother's 90th birthday celebration. Tell me what's going to go on at this party. Well, yeah, it's coming up in a few weeks. You know, my mother is a very healthy and spry 90-year-old, so she's looking forward to a party. You know, it's not just sitting around, you know, she's looking to really have fun. So, you know, I'm working with the kids trying to, you know, have little fun activities during the party and, you know, we'll have dancing and food and things like that. So we're looking forward to it. That's the one thing I've always admired about your mother. I mean, since I've known her since college, she just really doesn't seem to have aged. I mean, she is constantly doing things, reinventing herself. I know we'll be talking to her in the future, but I think it's amazing that at 90, she is still living on her own. She's still doing things. She's still inventing new things to do. She's going to the pool and all those things. But Mm -hmm. I found, you know, in recent conversations, even last night when we were at dinner with some friends, a number of people are experiencing having to assist with their parents and aging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is a blessing that my mother is still healthy, but you know, it's like you said, there are a lot of people who are helping their aging parents with, you know, day-to-day care. And, you know, sometimes they have to move their parent back into their home or they move to their parents' home. So, you know, it's a variety of issues when we deal with our parents And that's why I'm looking forward to speaking with our guests today, Natalie Chantel McGrady, who we know as Chantel, along with her sisters, are caring for their 95-year-old mother. You know, Chantel has five sisters, and they have lovingly taken on the care of their mother, but, you know, they also have jobs. Chantel has been working in corporate America for well over 25 years. She focuses on supplier diversity at a large agriculture company. Let's see, she's been married for over 27 years and has three children who are just about out of the house. (laughs) And we'll hear a little bit more about them later. But right now, let's welcome Chantel. Hey, Chantel. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been listening along to the podcast, so I just love it. So hopefully I will live up to the other guests, you know, but I've known you guys forever as well. I met Tia freshman year in 1984 in Kennedy Hall at Hampton University. So that was crazy. Isn't that crazy how long ago that was? Yeah, it seems like it was just yesterday. I know it does. We look the same too. I mean, I have gray hair, but that's it. That's all that's changed. No weight gain, nothing. No, nothing. We look exactly the same. Exactly the same. You're absolutely right. In my mind, we do. Yeah. Right. Well, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
One of the reasons I wanted you to come on the podcast was, you know, I know you would share with me your recent experience in taking care of your 95 year old mother who is Mm -hmm. spry and very aware, but recently had a fall. And so Mm -hmm. I know you had to go and care for her. And I really admired how you and your sisters are taking care of her because she has some requirements and she's not Mm -hmm. just doing what you say to do. She has her own way of wanting things to go. So tell us a little bit about what's going on there. How is it in dealing and caring with your mother? Yeah, well, my dad died at 74. So 23 years ago, actually, Christopher, my middle child was there on the couch with him. He was just a little baby. And my father had a heart attack and passed away. My mother was 72. And he was 74 at that time. And so she had lived alone on her own since he passed away had never lived by herself her whole life. Went to college at Tuskegee, you know, Back in the 40s, you know, worked for a year before she moved to New York to live with my father. She's from Pittsburgh. They got married. And then she's been there ever since, Corning, New York. And so this is her home. She will not be moving. And it was hell to get her out of the house. So we, you know, from 74 to 92, 91, she lived in that house by herself. So, you know... The struggles is, you know, it's a blessing. Like Gail said, it's a blessing. We had our 90th birthday party. We had a blast. I remember her 80th birthday party. All the kids were little. And I remember my youngest said, "Um, Grandma, in 20 years, you'll be 100, you know. And so who would think that at this point, she'd still be here at 95. But it is a struggle to keep the care. And my mother was very active with her local office of the aging So she was on different boards as it relates to aging, and she wanted to age in place. So she had a little cohort of girlfriends who were all talking about, we're going to age in place and how do you do it? So they would go to classes on how to climb the stairs. They would, how to, you know, take a bath and be safe. They would try to, they did all these different things. Like, how do you keep your house in your name long-term? things like that. So she knew everything. But when her health started to go, and she started to have trouble walking, she couldn't live in a two story house anymore. So we had to find out what to do. Let me interrupt real quick. You had spoke about two things. One, the office of aging. Is that something Mm -hmm. that is in all states that everyone should be looking into or understanding what information you can find there? Yes, you really should find out what it is, what are the requirements to, you know, if you need to go to a nursing home, what does that mean for you and your income? The Office of the Aging will go through all of that. They provide services for people that hit a certain income level. And if you don't fit that income level, if you're above it, they also have resources for you as well. That's where you can order Meals on Wheels through them. You can, you know, order a house visit so they can come and see if they need to do something with your home, if you need a ramp but you have to hit some income levels and that varies by state. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was going to ask about the resources. You know, people always think AARP, Mm -hmm. you know, have you used their services? Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm a member of AARP now. (laughs) We all are. (laughs) 
<laughs> so and I'm the youngest of six girls. So we're all members. And my one sister is, she quotes AARP quite frequently. So we do look at their resources and what they have. And a lot of what they have is really pointing you in the right direction of what you need to do. Some people get to this age and they don't have life insurance or they don't understand all the different parts of Medicare that they need to utilize as you age. One thing that we found out recently was dental. You know, it's $12 a month to have dental through Medicare in uh, New York State. But my mother had never thought she could get it. She thought her income levels were too high to get it. And so things like that, you really have to pay attention. And she was a steward of this. She really understood it. And she still didn't know she could have that resource or get dental. So, you know, little things that you just take for granted don't exist when you, as you age. So we really have to plan. And I think that's the key. Well, the other thing you mentioned was, okay, so your mother was a part of, or very familiar with the Office of Aging was involved, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned Mm -hmm. it was hell getting her out of the house. So tell us what you mean by that. It's time for her to move. I've had this experience with an uncle as well. It's a refusal to leave the home. How do you deal with Mm -hmm. that? Well, let me go back. I'm the youngest of six girls. My oldest sister is 16 years older than me. She, you know, could have been my mother, right? I mean, we're (laughs) that far apart in age that our views are very different. She's a baby boomer. I think all of my sisters are baby boomers, except Valerie and myself. And that's number five. So they have a very different viewpoint of life and what it means to age. And what they want is independence as long as they can have it, which I agree with. But when your house is having, you're putting in a lot of money into repair, you're starting to use your savings for that money to repair your home, you really need to look at it. And so my generation, I think we're not as invested in our house that we have to stay in this house forever. My husband and I have moved quite a bit. So we're, we've never been you know, tied to a home, but my four older sisters all have lived in pretty much their same home that is after they got married. They may have sold one home and bought another we've bought five homes, you know, so we're not tied to it. So when I started to talk about leaving, my mother was like, well, I've always been in this house, you know, 50 plus years, you know, all you kids were here. This is where I want to die. But the yard is falling apart. You know, the roof needs work. We had to replace a bathroom. You start doing all that. And it just doesn't start to make fiscal responsive or fiscally doesn't make sense. So we had to make some tough decisions. So as we talked about it, and they call me the baby boss, I started to just kind of lay down some rules. Let's, how do we, I didn't really lay it down, but talk to them around what are the things that we need to do in order for mommy to be safe? You know, so you started to talk about safety. We had front stairs and back stairs. She couldn't do it anymore. But she, and she told us, she would tell us, I don't know about your mom, Gail, but my mom tells me stuff like, I only come down in the morning and I go up in the evening and that's it. Just twice a day. I was there. This lady was up and down the stairs all day, like maritime, (laughs) up and down. I was like, this is not, (laughs) you know, at any point you could fall. And so we finally convinced her that it was the right thing to do. And the first place she was going to go was the board she was on for this nursing or old folks home, she calls it, but it's really a senior resident and it's based on income. And she really was 
confused and not confused, but more afraid that she couldn't afford anything else. So that's why I say do your homework, understand what your expenses are, what do you need to live on, and then talk about what's going to happen. Once you sell your house, there's bills that go away you'll never have. School taxes, you know, you don't have any bills, depending on the apartment you move into, you may not have utilities, you stop driving, you don't have car insurance, all those things add up to the bills that she thought I couldn't afford this apartment. But once we did that, she figured out, we figured out she could. And then I have power of attorney and my other sister is a co-power of attorney. Mm -hmm. And then we also have medical proxy where two sisters have medical proxy. And so we just, you know, kind of divide it up. So it's not all on one person, but some people, we just have to make decisions that aren't always comfortable. A moving was one of them. Interesting. I was going to ask this. It must be very emotional. You're moving your mom out of your childhood home where she's been, like you said, for 50 years. And so their emotions must be running high. And then there are also physical components of caring for an aging parent. How do you balance? You know, you're emotional, but you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. How do you keep yourself together? Well, I probably cried when we came back for 85th birthday and 90th. But after that, I was like, you got to get out of here. Right. So I wasn't as <laughs> concerned, you know, but my other sisters were very emotional and were not accepting of the fact that we need to do something different. Um, again, like I said, there's 16 years between me and the oldest. And some of those sisters are in the same kind of place where my mother is. Do I stay in this house? Do I downsize? One sister lives on 10 acres in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you got to start thinking about this. And so they weren't ready. They didn't want to talk about it. And they were saying she wants to stay home. But once we finally got them convinced, yeah, the emotional piece, lots of arguments among sisters. Tia knows we're all very close as sister group. We never argue and never stop speaking to each other. And I think that's my mother. You know, my mother was very good about, you know, stay close to your sisters. But we've had some emotional, you know, roller coasters, like if she gets sick. And recently, like Tia said, she fell and she broke her femur. My sister was there. My mother needs now 24-hour care. She cannot be left alone for more than, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. So, you know, you got to make some different decisions when you break your femur. You got to, you know, now we're talking nursing home, which she doesn't want to go to. So that's very emotional and very upsetting for all of us. So we're doing 30 days at a time, rotating between the six of us to go stay with her, which is also very emotional and very upsetting for you as the daughter, because you see your mother slowing down, but then you also are leaving your family and Mm. your life. So you kind of put yourself on hold 30 days, 60 days out of the year to be 100% focused on your mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's got to be hard. That's probably, I'm thinking, the hardest part with all of this. Just the emotional toll. mm -hmm, Yeah, because you have a Tia call. She would call me. (laughs) Yeah, I would call me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, the one thing I think people don't realize or maybe don't plan for, which is something I want to talk about, too, is that round-the-clock care that you may need. And... Talk to us a little bit about what that means physically. You know, you are getting up, you're preparing meals, you're helping with bathing, you're, you know, there's a lot to it. And talk a little bit about the angels that come and go or don't even come. 
Yeah, we have an organization called Visiting Angels. You also see organizations called In Stay at Home or Care for Mom, things like that. But we use the Visiting Angels. And they come three days a week for three hours. And then they come in the evening a couple of days of the week. It is not inexpensive. And I think that's the other part that people don't realize how expensive it is. So we split the care. We, you know, my mother has some money. We split the care with her to make sure it happens. But at this point, she does need 24-7. When they first started, she didn't need that. She just needed someone to come in and clean, you know, help her get dressed, you know, a couple days of the week. The other days, she could get it herself. You know, it's very tiring for when you're in your 90s to get your clothes on and off. And you'll see some people stay in their pajamas all day. You know, they don't put on socks. My mother gets up like she's going to work. She worked at the Ingersoll Rand for <laughs> 30 years. She gets up like she's going to work every day. 6.30, pills, breakfast, and that's that regiment you have to be on if you're the caregiver. So 6.30 in the morning, coffee. It's got to be piping hot. Orange juice, just enough to take the one pill. A banana, <laughs> quarter of a banana with a couple spoonfuls of yogurt. I mean, very regimented. And she wouldn't get that care in a nursing home. They would be like, here's your cinnamon bun, take your pills. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just not the same thing. So I know that, you know, with the care that she gets with the angels and the care she gets with us as sisters, it wouldn't be that way. And that's why we're all reluctant to make her move into a nursing home. I don't mm-hmm. think it would be good for her, her spirit. Right. And talk a little bit about, too, about sometimes these angels don't, don't show come. up. Like you have to mm-hmm. be prepared. And this is a time where you can kind of relax a bit because you have somebody there that can take right. on the activities, but then they don't show up. What does that do to you? What does that do to the whole week? Yeah. So the first time we started this, she had been in the hospital. We moved her out of a one bedroom into a two bedroom. So we have this opportunity to stay at longer lengths. It was great. Foreshadowing. Wonderful. We were smart to do that. We had angels coming, but my mother could get up. She could get her coffee. She could do her own little routine. She could get washed up, all that stuff. And that was three and a half years ago. Progressively, is she's gotten slower. And then when the angels don't show up, there's nobody. So there will be days she's there by herself. And we weren't doing this round the clock, kind of 30 days on every six months, that she would have no one. So you worry all day, you call a neighbor, you know, you you call a family friend. I only have one or two cousins that still live in the area. So you call them just to check on her. And so thank God I have a lot of girlfriends that live there. And so you're able to do that. But when they don't show up, they don't show up. Mm -hmm. And then so now I was trying to work this last time. This was the third rotation and I couldn't work. I had to, you know, put an out of office thing on my you know, I have a very flexible job, but I still needed to work and I couldn't do it because there was just so much the angels weren't showing up. It was the holidays. You know, we had deadlines. We needed to get stuff in. I couldn't get it in. I missed meetings. You know, you just had to, I had to focus on my mother because she couldn't do anything. So that's the kind of stress it is. But then in the evenings, you know, when everything's done, you just say, sit there and you know, listen to her stories and we're doing genealogy as a family now and that's fun and put it up on the big screen so she can see it. I mean, just 
you know, there's so much joy in it. And so when I got back last week, I was exhausted, but I, I miss her terribly. And I, you know, I wish she was living with us because then I would have this every day. So you go up and down. It really is. Um, it's very emotional. It depends yeah. on but it is a blessing that you're able to do this for her and spend mm-hmm. so much time with her. What do you enjoy? You know, you said you're getting into the genealogy, but, you know, what are some of your routines that are fun? Well, you know, Chantel, one other thing we didn't talk about that happens, I think, when parents age and there's somewhat of a shift in being cared for, right? They're used to be caring for you. And now you're going to that shift is sometimes people get angry. Now, I had an uncle, as you know, who would get really angry. You know, he got demanding. He insisted on certain things. He would call and expect you to jump. And I know your mother always starts out with the old girls making it, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. She always says the old girls make <laughs> it. Her but I know the old girl <laughs> can get a little fiery. So what are some of the things that you do or can you give examples of situations where that's happened and you've had to manage that? She doesn't really get mad. She's almost like me. I mean, and this is the other thing. It's pretty funny when I see her in her element. I'm seeing more of me in her. Like she doesn't really ever get mad. Like I don't get mad. If I do, I'm over it within minutes. Like Tia says it all the time. You get mad and it's over and we're moving on. We're skipping down the street. That's how my mother is. Mm -hmm. So I know there's things that bother her about what I do. Like, how I get her dressed in the morning versus how another sister would do it. And I see her being very resilient in adjusting and changing. She makes little snide marks, remarks, <laughs> but they're really suggestions for you. Like, you know, instead of putting my orange juice in a big cup because I can't get it to my mouth and I can't get it in, I need a small cup. So everything's in teacups. And that's what I mean. When she was doing the office of the aging stuff, she started to learn all these tips and tricks that she's put into her life. But then when someone else comes, they decide to buy the gallon orange juice. And she, I buy the little ones because she could handle those. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. things like that that she would get upset about, but never would be mad. She would just say, well, that's just how Margaret does it. But I really need the little bottles, you know, <laughs> so that you just, you know, you get the hint. You're like, oh, okay, you gotta get the little bottles. Mm-hmm. So I do all the shopping for the most part, and thank goodness for Walmart drive up and all that stuff because the angels can go pick up the groceries and put them away. But when a sister's there who doesn't want that, that gets a little hairy from time to time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say mm-hmm. that's the only thing she really gets upset about is her groceries. I think we all have an addiction to grocery stores. I say that all the time about my sisters and I see it because my mother does. And she would send you to the store every day, mm-hmm. even if you don't need <laughs> anything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Had the conversation with your mom about, you know, scams, how people, you know, will prey on the elderly. I mean, I've had those conversations with my mother. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to teach them. Yeah. She's funny because she didn't pick up a computer until Mm -hmm. after my father died. So when my dad died, he was learning how to use the internet. He was, you know, typing letters for these boards he was on printing them off, you know, all this stuff that my mother didn't do any of that. And Mm -hmm. then after he died, the room sat empty. And then she started maybe a year after getting in there. 
And then she was on Facebook and doing all that stuff. And if she got, if her password was hacked, it was like the end of the world. How do they get it? Why do they do this to me? I'm just an old lady. I'm like, they do it to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to know not to click on everything. And so, yeah, we've had those conversations and she took a class in it too. So she was all, you know, all in. But when I was there this last time, she got a package, the address we didn't know. And when I looked up the address, it was a scam. And they're mm. just sending, it was like just trinkets, really mm-hmm. ugly little things that they sent. And she was so upset about that. How they get my address? You girls are ordering from Amazon all the time. I think that's how they got it. I mean, she watches, like I said, the Today Show, mm-hmm. NBC, all four hours. Is there right. any story that they talk about? She knows. And so she was not happy about that scam. So we have mm-hmm. talked about it. And, you know, telemarketers just hang up the phone, don't talk to them, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's had the same phone number. We've had that number since I was a little girl. (laughs) Wow. So Sean, tell us, we're talking about your parent and how you've done a number of things, which we'll review in a moment to care for her. But what should we be thinking about ourselves? You know, we're now living much, much longer than our parents. Both my parents are deceased and they died fairly early before 81. Mm -hmm. I mean, my father died at 80 and my mother died at 59. Mm -hmm. So what do we need to be thinking about? How can we prepare ourselves? Well, I just say we have to have money. I don't think you'll ever have enough, but you need to understand what enough is. So one, we have a classmate, Tia, that worked for the Social Security. I think, well, your niece too. I think someone worked for Social Security and was always talking about know what your Social Security number is going to be because you're going to need that money. And the gap between my sisters and myself is really good because they talk about that. So understand your social security number, when you should take it. You know, if you take, if you wait till you're 70 and a half, that's the max you're going to get. So if you're able to wait till then, that will be good. The other piece is your 401k and your retirement. What does that make up? Is that going to make up enough for you to be able to sustain a lifestyle that you want? to be able to travel, to be able to have a home large enough to host your family, whatever your dreams are, you got to make sure all that is part of the dollar amount. You know, most companies, if you have a 401k, has a simulation tool that you can utilize, but we also have a financial planner that we work with. And what we found out is long-term care, if you don't have it, the chances are it's going to be very hard for you to get it now. So my mother did not, it does not have that. And long-term care would cover some of the costs for the angels. We're too fat to get it now, me and my husband. So we can't get it. We looked into it and our guy was like, no, you can't get that. But we can get you rehab insurance. So you just have to figure out with your financial planner, what is out there available for you? And then what are your goals? Is your goal just to live and be comfortable? Or is your goal to travel in your old age? to be able to take care of yourself, to live at home. And if that's the case, you really got to look at what is that going to cost to do that? And so I have a plan that takes, because my mom's 95, I have a plan that takes me to 99. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, great. That's really good advice. Yeah. So Chantel, I mentioned before that you have three kids. Mm. Are you or have you been teaching your kids how to take care of you in 20, 30 years? 
Yeah. And the financial part, I think that's the key, right? So if I would have thought this, you know, 20 years ago, that my mom was still going to be here at 95, uh, I probably would have made some different decisions, right? Mm -hmm. We moved a lot. So we never stayed in one place. Our house now is a townhome. So we have, you know, there's no way she could be here. So I probably would have made some different decisions. And so Bill and I are looking at for our next home will be a villa so that our kids could help care for us. If we're in a place that's one floor, we will be much healthier than I think our parents are or were because they just didn't live the same way. You know, they didn't go out walking. They didn't think about, you know, you got to have your five vegetables every day. Now, my mom did because she was a dietitian, but my dad never did, you know. So those kinds of things, I think, are different. Just mm-hmm. the environment that we're living in is different. It's not as stressful when you think about going to work as a Black person, you know, what it was 50 years ago to what it is now. That's different. So, you know, those microaggressions are still there, but we still are able to move forward in a way that we can plan for retirement. And I think that's one of the reasons why we are living longer too. Interesting. So let's just go back and talk and kind of recap all the things you talked about with caring for an aging parent. One, you want to respect their need to be independent for as long as you can. So that's the first thing. Also, you talked about understand the safety issue that needs Mm -hmm. to be thought about and the concerning part of that. You talked about looking into some resources such as the Office of Aging. We talked about ARP. You've talked about Mm -hmm. Care for Mom and Visiting Angels and Social Security, all of those things. Is there anything else we should be thinking about as far as those resources? Yeah, if your parent was a veteran of any war, that's another area of resources. So there's spousal benefits. Now, the VA is backed up for you know months, if not a year. So you can buy resources to help you maneuver through the system. So we're looking at a resource right now. We actually had a call with a group that would help us get those veteran benefits. So my mother could get, say, $1,000 a month extra, which would be very helpful for the angels or any other additional care, nighttime care, that kind of thing. So if we're not there, because you can't always be there. I mean, right now, all of us are making it work, but there's going to be a time where someone can't be there overnight. You'll need those resources to pay for that. So that's it. Chantel, are resources like Office for the Aging and AARP, are they all free? Those are free. AARP is a membership. I think it's a Mm -hmm. nominal membership fee, but Office of the Aging is free. Okay. That's good to know. Every state has different rules. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every I was telling Tia, I want it. We're looking at a place here for her to move in Minnesota. So she's in New York. I live in Minnesota. Minnesota's income level is $3,000 or less to be able to get resources and supplement your rent, your Mm -hmm. medicine, all that. New York is like $1,400 where we live. So Mm -hmm. there's such a difference. And so if she came here, there would be a lot more benefits for in New York. She doesn't qualify for those benefits. So you just have to know. And I think that's the kind of stuff we didn't think of, you know, when you're moving around and where do you live? I just lucked upon that, you know, Mm -hmm. living here. So understanding those different states and what rules and laws are more favorable to the aging, I think is important as well. Like, where are you going to retire? You know, will your 401k, your retirement and social security really give you everything you need? 
And once your 401k and retirement's gone, then what do you have in place? You know, is it just social security? Will you be able to live the life that you want to? Right. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you know, not to get off the subject, but it's so important to talk to a financial planner and Mm -hmm. someone who can Mm -hmm. guide you because these are the things you don't think about until it's too late. And don't want to talk about my husband didn't want to talk about for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say we wasted 10 years, 10, 15 years. I'm doing my part. He doesn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I keep doing my part, but you're not planning together. And once he got on the bandwagon, now he's all tight and wants to spend money, you know, (laughs) but he had to get on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really hard. It's very hard to have that conversation. And your kids, I think going back to what you said, Gail, about the kids. So I have set my kids up with our financial planner and our middle son is getting ready to move to Los Angeles and he's going to live with Bill's sister, my husband's sister. But he, you know, I said, you need to talk to Greg. So he sat down with Greg and Greg has put him on a budget and mm-hmm. he's you know, revised the budget several times. They've talked through what it means to live in a city like L.A., thinking about where you can live that you can afford, things like that, that he doesn't have to talk to us about. He's right. talking to a person who knows this, understands it. And he has Ella, you know, she's talking to her and then Charles as well. All three of them talk to the financial planner at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's really good. And that kind of brings us to the paperwork piece, because you talked about, well, I'm not sure if it's you, but someone being a medical proxy, someone Mm -hmm. power of attorney, the power of attorney and being able to make certain decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, is it hard to get that in place? Because I would imagine some (laughs) people don't want to talk about that either. No, it's so funny. I was on my father's bank account. That's just because my father... I always gave them money. So when I started working, I would always send $100 home, no matter what. It was just go right to his account. So I ended up, he put me on his account. And then when he died, my mother put me on hers. So I'm on all of her bank accounts. And, you know, that's something that you have to do because you got to know where the money is. Because if someone passes away, we didn't know anything about my father. Now, luckily, he had put together an annuity. So my mother had an annuity come. I don't even think she knew it was coming. So back then, you know, people just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, I'm on her accounts. I have the power of attorney with another sister. And then we had, so we know what the will is. You know, we understand, you know, what her wishes are. And then we have, you know, medical proxy to make those decisions, you know, and it's hard with six people making decisions. So you have to split it up and make sure that someone's responsible, you know, and it's hard. It is hard when you you have those decision-making rights when you have to make a decision. So I just kind of go into it like I do work. I just stay very thoughtful about and methodical and deliberate around what we're trying to accomplish here, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. Project management. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is, it is. What are we trying Mm -hmm. to accomplish here? Mm -hmm. Uh, stay home. Okay. How long can we do what we're doing? You know, so we've all committed to a certain timeline and then, you know, I mean, she's being cared for, like we call her queen Odessa. It's like queen Elizabeth. I mean, this woman doesn't have to lift her leg if she doesn't want to, she doesn't, you know, brush her own teeth. I mean, we do everything, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, you know, gets on the phone and chats with her friends and She's making new friends. A lot of her friends have passed away. That's the other sad part is you hear about people passing away all the time. 
You know, she lives in a 55 plus community, not a nursing home, individual apartments, but she, um, people pass away in there all the time. And she's not the oldest person in there at 95. So give us this, Chantel. I mean, you know, I admire you and your sisters, and I think it's such a gift to have a mother that long. And you both know my mother died when I was in college. So I really, really think it's such a blessing to have your mother so long. But what are some of the life lessons that you could share with people who are going through this and or about to go through it that you can take from this whole experience? Yeah, don't get into analysis paralysis, right? You know, don't go by gut all the time. You really got to go by the data. And that's what convinced my mother to move. When I was able to lay out all of her bills and what she had and what we needed to do in order for her to move. And so having six sisters, we're all college educated. Everybody has good jobs to be able to say, okay, mommy has a credit card that we just need to get rid of. And we're only going to keep one credit card. And we're going to, so we just all went into this mode of how do we make it so she can move to the next level, which is downsizing and into an apartment. That's one thing. Don't get stuck that you can't make a decision. I think that's what happens. People just go around, they circle the drain and they never finish. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, be flexible because this person really is changing their whole life. I mean, and it's kind of out of their control. There's only so much you can do not to age, but we're all going to age, right? If we're blessed enough to live that long, you still have to, you know, know that this person is there. She's with it. That's the other thing. She's a hundred percent with it. She mm-hmm. remembers everything. She was trying to remember Tia's uncle who went to Tuskegee and <laughs> where could he have lived? And let me, I wonder if he knows my friend says, I mean, she was at Tuskegee mm-hmm. in 1946 or something. Mm-hmm. So really understanding that this person is all there mentally, but not yeah. physically. And right. I think that's understanding where they are is another thing. And then being sympathetic and empathetic to the situation. I mean, that's hard too. It's very hard when you think you're like, my mother takes her pills at four o'clock, afternoon pills. I put them in the applesauce that she wants and I just give them to her and I spoon Mm -hmm. them to her. Another sister's like, she should spoon herself. She can get her own food. And so it's just, everybody has their own way of doing it. And you got to be patient. So I've learned a lot of patience. Yeah. One thing that I would imagine is also important that you haven't mentioned is taking care of yourself as you take care of your mom. So are you incorporating self-care? I do better there than I do at home. Yeah. I mean, I get out and I do my walk. Whenever the angels come, I take a, you know, two or three mile walk. You're not eating bad foods because you're not sitting with your husband and says, let's have burger and fries tonight. You know, Mm -hmm. so you're eating with someone who doesn't eat a lot. So that's good. I do my smoothies there the whole time, but that's the physical part. The emotional part of exhaustion, you're still tired. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, I told Tia, we had to go get a monitor because I slept through her calling my name. (laughs) You know, it's like, we're in a two bedroom apartment. She's like, Mm -hmm. Chantel, Chantel, (laughs) I'm I'm knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. So your sleep pattern is all off. So you got to figure out how do you get your sleep back together? And so my sisters and I overlap. So we'll come two days before someone's about to leave. So you can start to relieve them and that kind of thing. So we have a good system. But you still taking care of yourself is very important. Eating right is very important. 
while you're taking care of someone else. It really is because you have to be physical. You know, you have to help her up. You know, a lot of times you have to, you know, get her cleaned up in the morning and in the evening, ready for bed, cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's no, oh, I'm going to skip my meal. And the dad have a dessert for every meal, something sweet at the end of the meal, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so stuff like that. It is a lot. It's a lot. I've been back a week. I'm still kind of reeling a bit, trying to get my, you know, back into the rhythm of being home. So, yeah. well, God bless you, Chantel. I mean, it's a blessing to care for your mom, but I know it, you know, just by listening to you, I can tell how hard it is. Yeah. So, you know, just but she's fun. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> she is. She's well, a, yeah, that's, I miss her. That's yeah, important. And that's true. You do have to have some humor in it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of funny things that can go on because there is these changes and conversations and you hear stories that you may not have ever heard before. So it mm-hmm. is some fun along with it. But I think it's great that you're giving our listeners just some reality too, some things mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. consider and be ready for mentally, physically, emotionally, most importantly, financially to take care of and be able to manage it in a way, as you said, looking at the data, but also being empathetic at the same time. And Mm -hmm. how do you do that? It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. It isn't. And people want their parents to live. I mean, we all want long life, right? We all want to be able to age in place if we can. But the reality is at some point you may have to go somewhere. So you know, I tell my oldest daughter, make sure whatever house you build, there's an in-law suite. So, you know, me and daddy have a room, <laughs> you know, I tell them all that because I do think that my mother never wanted to live with any of us. And so that's why it's been so hard to get her to move. None of us live in the town that she lives in. And we have to depend on visiting angels and friends if we're not there. So that's why we're there. We're really We don't want to have to do that. We want to make sure that her wishes are, you know, what she wants is what she gets. But it's getting to a point now, I think we're going to have to make a decision, but Mm. we'll see. Maybe I'll come on next year and say she moved to Minnesota. That would be interesting. (laughs) That would definitely be interesting. That would be interesting. Well, thanks so much for sharing this with us. I know people can find you on LinkedIn. Is there anywhere else? Because Maybe people want to ask you a question or two about this or maybe want to reach out and and get your advice. Any other place they can find you? Facebook Messenger. You know, I'm on Instagram, McGrady Natalie or Natalie Chantal McGrady. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk about it, but I always say you have to, you can't just talk about it. You got to do the work. And that's the other piece of it. There's a lot of work that goes into this. But again, I mean, my mom is a joy. She's funny. She loves to talk on the phone. She loves to be up on current events and the gossip. You know, that kind of stuff is hysterical to me. She has friends she talks to every day. Hey, girl, she calls them like that. You know, so what I've learned on all this, you have to be flexible. Her resilience Mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. To lose your husband at 72, you're getting ready to go on a trip. You know, they were getting ready to go out of town and my father had to go get his hair cut and he mowed the lawn, came in the house, changed Christopher's diaper and died. And I mean, most people can't get out of the bed for weeks after something like that. She was up at church next Sunday. You know, we buried my father and she's been moving forward ever since. And so you want her to end her life with dignity and be able to 
you know, like I said, fulfill the wishes that she has for herself, which is mm-hmm. the age in place. So as much as possible, we're going to try and make that happen. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Chantel. We really do appreciate you being with us. And like Tia said, giving us insight and direction to help us better care for our aging parents. Yeah. And happy birthday to your mom. I love your mom, by the way. (laughs) Well, thank you. So do I. (laughs) She's something. (laughs) She is something. Well, she's been gray as long as I've known her. And I've always, you know, I would color my hair and I was like, I'm going to look like Gail's mother. So that's what she's been gray since. Yeah. Yeah. She grayed well. Unlike Mm -hmm. me, I guess I got my father's gene with that. But yes, my mother, you know, same thing. My dad died. We weren't expecting it. But after she grieved a couple of years, she woke up one day and said, that's it. I'm still here. I'm moving on. So, yeah, it is so emotional. I can see it in your face and I could, you know, you can hear it in your voices when you talk about it, because it gets to a place where you're like, it is the blessing that they're still here. And then you get scared that they could be gone. I mean, that's, you know, and that's the biggest thing. When my mother broke her femur, I was like, oh my God, I called TS, this is it. She's not coming out. You know, this woman's, you know, all healed. She's got rods yeah. in her leg. It's amazing. I mean, I'm yeah. like, I hope I have that resiliency when I'm at that age. And like mm-hmm. your mother, you got to move forward. You can't stay in it. So yeah. that's that yeah. generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep fighting. Thank you guys. Fighting. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Black At It, the next adventure with Gail and Tia. Find us on our Instagram, Black At It podcast. Also locate us and join our Vibe Tribe on Facebook. It's the Black Added Vibe Tribe. And we have conversations on there as well. And of course, be sure to listen to our episodes and make sure that you have subscribed because we love bringing friends along and telling stories. So thanks again. And we will talk soon. Bye. Bye. Uh.